I'm Alma Lee. I'm a psychotherapist and transformative lifestyle resiliency coach and author, and I want to help you reach your goals by teaching you how to step outside of those fear-based mindsets and into your powerful, loving self. Let's get started. Are you abandoning yourself? Let's just get right on into it. Do you ever find yourself in situations with people and conditions where you put their needs ahead of your own? I want to talk about that today, and I want to talk about why it is so problematic. Often, when working with clients, people feel like it's black and white, like they have to choose someone else's needs over their own. They have to decide what is more important. A lot of times people show up in these situations with depression, anxiety, and all sorts of uh, different, you know, conditions that are, are, are unfavorable in life. And usually it's rooted in self-abandonment. What do I mean by self-abandonment? Well, when we talk about conditioning, when we talk about programming, where you are essentially at a very young age brainwashed into believing that in order for you to have worthiness or value, you must always pay attention to the needs of other people outside of yourself first. Because God forbid you're selfish. God forbid you do anything for yourself. Oh my goodness. What is self-love, Alma? What does that even mean? Well, the reason that you're asking that question is because you're so programmed that you don't even know what that concept is because you've not been allowed to feel it. It's important. You're, you know, I say often that you are the steward of your well-being. You've heard it before in other episodes. You are, in fact, the steward of your well-being. You're the ride or die. You are the person. You are not capable of divorcing or breaking up with yourself. So when you use that logic, when you use that rationale, doesn't it make sense to think that maybe you should put your needs first? It's counter, it's counterintuitive because you're programmed to believe that other people's needs should always come before yours. But think about the utility in that program. Think about how that benefits mainstream philosophies, mainstream media, um, the one percenters, people who have more than you, people who need your emotional and physical labor in order to make whatever machine benefits them work. Think about it. Think about getting you into such a a regimented mindset where your automatic go-to is to serve, please, and acquiesce to the needs of other people as a means of getting your needs met. That's crazy when you break it down. It doesn't make any sense. Don't you think you should take care of your needs first so that when you show up in situations with other people or jobs, you know, conditions, that your cup is full and that you're fully present in your self-awareness and that you understand your own worthiness and your value so that you can use healthy levels of discernment in any situation so that you can say, you know what, I don't think I want to participate. You see how all of these uh, episodes are overlapping? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm whole on my own. I think I'm not interested. I think I'm not interested in 
participating in what you're offering me because I don't need your validation in order to feel a sense of wellness within myself because I've already taken care of that. Do you see how that kind of pulls you out of those situations where you are unduly vulnerable to the manipulations of other people who can, you know, access you? Access is a privilege. Think about the last time you were in a relationship um, or a job or any situation that you can think of where you were frustrated, unhappy, unfulfilled, but you kept going, you kept participating, you kept allowing your energy to be used by those other people. I want you to consider why you did that. Let's think about that for a second. What was the benefit for you? Outside of the distress that that condition caused you. Think about that last relationship that didn't work out. How did that person make you feel when you were interacting with them? Were they consistent in their communication with you? No? Hmm. Seems to me that if you had a healthy sense of well-being that you wouldn't tolerate that behavior. Seems to me that if you knew what your worth was, you wouldn't participate. But if you did, why did you? You see, I'm not trying to shame anyone by calling attention to this. I'm calling attention to this so that you will know how to redirect your energy. There are people in this world, and you know this, you know this logically, but, you know, because we've all been programmed to need external validation to some degree, that we're hopeful. And that's what makes us vulnerable. Case in point, let me talk about it. You've heard of love bombing. You've heard of how people will show up in your life and they they know exactly what to do. They know when to do it. They know why to do it. They know how to do it. And their whole intention is to get you attached to what they're giving you. So on the other end of it, they can get you to provide for them what they need. But then there's that inconsistency, right? They're not doing what they did initially in order to get your attention. Why is that? Do you think it's because they're accessing something from you that benefits them? Now, when we talk about the, you know, the wellness journey, your, your spiritual growth, your healing journey, addressing the wounded inner child or your shadow work, there's a whole bunch of different ways to look at it, a whole bunch of different names that they give it. When you think about all of that, a lot of times I think we get it twisted. We get it all messed up because we assume that in that process of recognizing your worth and healing and processing through old wounds and trauma and forgiveness and all of those things that you, you know, you become extremely tolerant of other people's behaviors. But here's the difference. It's not that you should become tolerant of other people's behaviors. It's that you should not become bitter. You know, Maya Angelou said that it's okay to be angry. Anger is good. Anger gets things done, but it's the bitterness that you want to avoid. And that being said, I encourage you to reassess your feelings about certain people who have taken advantage of you. People who saw you as vulnerable to their manipulations. And a lot of times we get stuck in this mindset of evil versus good. You know, like, oh my God, I thought that person was good and now I see them as evil. And then you feel like you can't trust yourself, you know, and it's a very confusing space to be in. 
And, you know, you think about that person who love bombed you. And then, you know, as they're, you know, they start showing up as who they genuinely are and they're inconsistent in their, their uh, communication, then they start gaslighting you. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I didn't do that. It's very simple. Here's, here's my takeaway with it, right? Um, when you remove the value system of good, good versus evil, when you look at how somebody is showing up in your life and you, you feel the need to be compelled to say, well, that person's a horrible person. You know, yeah, their behaviors are, but keep in mind that we all have this bag of garbage that we're dragging around with us. We all have trauma and we're all trying to make way the best way we know how. There are people that exist in this world to manipulate other people and take advantage of them. Not because they're evil, but because that's the only way they know how to survive. And it's a dog-eat world. Dog-eat-dog world, is that how it goes? Dog-eat-dog world. You know, you take advantage of what you can and do what you can in order to get by. You know, at the end of the day, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And all of this, all of these situations can be prevented and mitigated through intentional acts of self-love so that you are not sabotaging your own existence and so you're not abandoning yourself you see when you refuse to abandon yourself further if I can say that correctly abandon yourself further when you say I'm not doing this anymore the intentionality must come from a space of love and not bitterness do you see the difference like I refuse to go through my life not loving myself appropriately. I refuse to abandon myself further. I refuse to not have healthy boundaries. I refuse to not be aware and mindful of other people's red flags because these are just people that are showing up in their own unhealed space and they are, uh, you know, attracted to you because they want access to you, your energy, and the things that, that you have to offer that can help prop them up through life because they are unhealed. It's not because they're evil. It's just they see a vulnerability with you because you're, you're self-sabotaging and they witness it and they've, they've keyed in. They, they, they know how to hone in on people who have those vulnerabilities, people who are sabotaging themselves, who are abandoning themselves. People who have a low sense of self-worth are far more vulnerable to get into these horrible abusive relationships because you feel like you're doing the right thing by taking care of somebody else because that is what the program says that you're supposed to do. And it's a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of hot garbage, you know. Um, going through life without a sense of solvent love of self, that's no way to live. Because when you love yourself fully, truly fully love yourself, and when you get into that space where you actually choose yourself, you allow your certain, you know, the conditions that you're in right now just to be what they are. And, you know, you recognize that your normal uh, circle of people, if you will, goes away because you're changing. We don't like that. And then all of a sudden it feels terrifically isolated. It just feels terribly alone. And that can be a daunting task to undertake when you're going through this whole journey, the shadow work, the inner child your spiritual healing and growth journey, all of it, all of it's scary because you go through monumental change, monumental change. Everything about who you are has to evolve in order for you to attain this space of self-love. But I will tell you this much, when you get to that other side, that when that discomfort starts to lessen, 
of being alone and being isolated, when you start to actually understand what it means to love yourself and you start loving yourself actively, you, you start paying attention to what you're eating, exercising. What kind of information are you consuming with regularity? What are you ingesting spiritually, emotionally, physically, sexually, financially? What are you doing? You are being proactive in the care and the love of self. Your actions are reflective of how you should properly love yourself. All of that, all of that comes forward. And you realize that despite the fact that maybe the the people, the circle that you were keeping for a while is gone, you also recognize there's 8 billion people on this planet. And when you vibrate higher, you're like a light you're like a light source, an energy source, a positive energy source. So you, you have to actually start using better discernment on filtering out the people who want to come into your space. You literally have way more people that you've got to filter through because people want to be close to that. People want and love positive energy. When you love yourself, you can't help but vibe higher And that's what people resonate with. That's what people want. They don't see it within themselves, so they need to come to you for it. You see? And so you have to use your own filter system. And I got to tell you, they're stuck in their egotistical veneer, the protection of self that they refuse to step out of because they can't withstand the shame. They're so avoidant of feeling the way that they were made to feel at the point of their greatest trauma that every decision that they make in life is reflective of their defense of the self. They don't do anything in a proactive, healthy manner because they can't. Because everything they do is a challenge to their ego until they heal. So you have to be careful about those entities, those people that position themselves in your, in your space that show up and they love bomb. And they say, hey, you're a great person. I love to have time with you. Let me interact with you in the way that is going to get my needs met. And so you have to use discernment. But it's easier to do that when you love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you no longer require that external validation. You observe it. You recognize it. And then you, you take it at face value. And you pay attention to the red flags when you love yourself. Because again... That person, if they start showing up in ways that, you know, you don't really vibe with, it's not the end of the world to say, I'm sorry, but I don't accept that. I don't want to participate in that with you. I wish you well, but, you know, we're not going to, this, this doesn't go any further from here. You see the difference? So when you don't heal, when you don't uh, engage on that journey of self, that spiritual journey of self, then you're vulnerable. Because at every turn, when another traumatized person shows up that needs to take advantage of someone, you're vulnerable to that. You ever find out, you know, when you start doing the work, you recognize that the history of your past relationships sort of looks the same, like the conditions are the same? Well, you're the common denominator in that, my dear. And it's not to judge you or blame you. It's just to to show you that it is your vulnerability, your lack of awareness because of your trauma that needs to heal that makes you vulnerable to those types of people. So until you love yourself, until you stop abandoning yourself, you are going to continually run into those scenarios with other people because you're vulnerable to it, because you need it. Because you're hungry for it. You're thirsty for it. You're thirsty and hungry for the love bombing. You, you can't turn away from it. 
because it feels too good. You, you can't deny it. And it seems like somebody's coming in to rescue you because that's the Disney princess mentality that we've all been exposed to at some degree. Part of that program. Oh, here he is, you know, my knight in white or white knight in shining armor, that whole thing. He's going to save me, you know, tells me I'm, I'm this, tells me I'm that. And guys, same thing with the women, you know, the women that, you know, kind of gas you up and tell you that you're all that in a bag of chips. You know, when people are hurting and they're in their survival mode, they're, they're likely to say anything to sell whatever narrative they need to sell to you so that they can get access to whatever it is you have to offer them. Whether it's validation, love, sex, money, whatever. So this is why it is so critical that you not abandon yourself. You've got to pay attention to that little person inside, that little girl, that little boy. And have those conversations with that person. Do that shadow work. Pay attention to what you're saying about yourself. It's not selfish to be selfish. It is uncomfortable to do things for yourself because you fear the judgment that you receive from, you know, like-minded individuals in your circle who can't or don't want to do the same healing journey. So they're quick to judge you, which keeps you in place. You see, it's a loop. So when you get outside of being dependent upon other people's approval and paying attention to their disapproval, and you focus on the self, and you focus on who you are and who you want to be, more importantly, you're less likely to abandon yourself. And when you don't abandon yourself, you're less likely to be vulnerable to the negative influences of those people who just want to take advantage of you, increasing your ability to be more discerning in finding somebody who wants to connect with you for healthy reasons. You know, it's like the, the analogy I share with my clients is imagine walking into a beautiful dining room. It's just you. You're walking in and you've got a, a, a cup of whatever your favorite drink is, whether it's coffee, tea, soda, water, whatever. And you walk in and it's full to the brim. And you walk in, you sit down at the head of the table and you're sipping on your favorite beverage and in walks someone else. And they walk in and their cup, they've got a cup, they sit at the other end of the table in front of you, but their cup is empty. Now, what do you think you're going to feel like? Well, I, I got to share, right? So let's say for this analogy that your cup, as long as you're drinking out of it, always stays full, okay? Just for the sake of this metaphor, stick with me. So let's say you drink out of your cup, it never depletes. But if you share it with somebody else, then you don't get that back. So let's say somebody shows up and they're like, wow, this is a really great dining room, Alma. I, I sure wish I had something to drink. Well, that makes me feel awkward. So I feel like I need to share because the program says I need to think about other people before myself. So sure, here, let me pour half of what I have. At least I'll still have half, right? So I'll give you half of what I've got. Now we've both got half. We're even. We're going to be happy for a little while. We're chumming it up. We're laughing. We're enjoying each other's space and company. We're sipping on it. Next thing you know, that person, the, the, the love or whatever it was in the cup that you gave them, it's gone. It's empty. So now they're back to square one and they're looking at you like, man, I, I really wish I had something in my cup. And you're like, man, I've only got half left. This is how relationships play out. It, they really do. And you can do it a, a, a different way. You can say, imagine showing up into the, uh, the dining room and your cup is empty and somebody else comes in and their cup's full. You know, and you're sitting there and they're like, oh, what are you, what are you drinking on? Well, I don't, I don't really have anything. And I'm like, well, let me, let me give you some of mine. 
and then you're ashamed because you had to ask for it. So there, there's all these adverse conditions that get introduced into these disproportionate energetic connections with people. So, and then when you have two people show up, they both got their cups, but maybe their cups are cracked and empty. And they're looking at each other and like, man, we both suck, don't we? And maybe you've got some connection just based upon the sheer fact that you connect over your own BS and your own trauma. But it doesn't last because you end up feeling depleted and you end up feeling like that other partner should be taking care of you because you don't have anything. So imagine in a healthy frame, you both show up, your cups are full, and you're in the presence of each other, not because you need each other, but because you want to be there. Because you have what you need within yourself. And that the connection that you have with this person is based on sheer desire and connection and growth. And it's not based on anything unhealthy. This is why you can't abandon yourself. This is why you have to put your needs first. You have to take care of you. Because when you take care of you, then you can receive and you can give. If you're not loving yourself or you don't think that you're worthy of love, well, you can't receive it because you don't believe you deserve it. And you can't give it because you don't have it. All right. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.